Hi, it's Radhika Jones, Editor-in-Chief of Vanity Fair. As we gear up for award season, there's no better time to join us. By becoming a Vanity Fair subscriber, you'll gain exclusive access to our in-depth coverage of film, television, and the best of Hollywood. And that's just the beginning. Vanity Fair takes you inside the worlds of entertainment, culture, politics, and scandal, bringing you iconic images, era-defining stories, and much more. Get 15% off a year of digital access to Vanity Fair by visiting VanityFair.com and using promo code POD15 at checkout. That's VanityFair.com, promo code POD15, for 15% off a full year of insights and exclusive digital access. Subscribe now. Hello, everybody. It's Katie. This week's episode of Little Gold Men was recorded live in our video studio at the Toronto International Film Festival. I was in the room with Mike and Richard and our West Coast colleague, Krista Smith, and we talked about all the things we usually talk about on the podcast. We were sitting on these beautiful blue couches. It was a spot where Julia Roberts had been sitting moments before. Uh, You'll be able to see the video on VanityFair.com later on, including some clips from the interviews that Krista did. But in the meantime, listen to this version of this week's podcast in which we talk about everything you could possibly want to know from Toronto. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, Chris, I'm taking your chair. You've been dominating this seat, speaking to all kinds of people at Toronto lately. So uh, thank you, first of all. You're doing great. For we're in the celebrity it. chair. There's a I lot know. of celebrities. Julia uh, Roberts sat just, in your yes, seat. Stardust on this, uh, <laughs> on this couch over here. Yeah. So we basically are taking advantage of this studio to catch up with each other about what we've been seeing, about what's going on at the festival. Um, because we are awards obsessed as always, we figured we'd take it category by category, what we've learned about the Oscars here, and talk about a lot of other things in the meantime. You know, we can talk about the performances and, you know, the screening experiences and everything, but uh, maybe to start with, who thinks they know what's going to win Best Picture from being at Toronto this year? Any bold predictions? Um, I do. I think A Star is Born is going to win. Yeah, I think it has so much momentum coming out of this festival. It already had some coming out of Venice. I just feel like so much of it has just been anointed, and I feel like it's been a long time since something really swept, and so... I think this could be it. Like, like, what do you mean by sweet? Like one, I don't know, the big five or something like that. You know, ah. I don't think it's going to do that, but it could I had close. that feeling to watching it last night. Yeah. I just was sitting there thinking, why were people telling me this couldn't win Best Picture? Like, mm-hmm. like it seems to have all the things. I loved it. I, you know, whether they say drink the Kool Aid, whoever, and I kind of was joking. I, I felt. During the movie, I was so absorbed in uh, what Bradley had created and also with Gaga, their chemistry and their love story, I actually thought the ending might change. Oh. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> they, some- can't, they can't have this <laughs> And end- somehow, yeah. this is the fourth A Star is Born, yeah. and I was still, like, shocked. You want that, these crazy kids to make it yeah, this time. <laughs> that it was uh, <laughs> That it ended exactly the same as the other three had uh, done. Um, I think it's a tremendous uh, film and effort by Bradley. Obviously, uh, Lady Gaga is a revelation. It's so great to see her obviously scrubbed down. You feel for her, you're with her the whole um, journey through the film. Bradley, to me, is basically, you know, I don't want to make comparisons, but I see him having a career like Clint Eastwood's. You know, started in television, made a bunch of movies, and started directing, and now I feel like he's just hitting his stride. He's going to continue to direct, continue to start movies. So, for me, it's just such a great moment for him. Whether I'm not confident that it's going to go all the way to be best picture, I feel like there's a a lot of runway between now and the end of February, uh, especially with movies like Roma, which I think is a masterpiece in and of itself, but also other hurdles being a black and white and a Spanish language film. And Netflix. 
and Netflix. Mm -hmm. Although that's seeming to be less and less of a hurdle. I think that Roma's going to be the one that breaks through for yeah. them, yeah, at least to a nomination. Well, mm -hmm. Those are the two movies that I feel like hit you right here, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. but in totally different ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, The Star is Born is a big Hollywood, like, in your review you said, it's not schmaltzy, but it's something, it's some, It's like the it's good feeling. version, the good yeah. version yeah. of schmaltzy. Like, yeah. it really yeah. hits you, washes over you, and you have that feeling, as you said in your review, throughout a lot of the movie, where you're just mm -hmm. like, you you're kind of like aching. Yeah. And yeah. Um, whereas Roma, I think, is is a little bit more of a, a cerebral pleasure, mm -hmm. but it also hits you at the end of the day in the solar plexus as well. And I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. I could see, we seem to be in an era of splits between director and picture, and I could see Quaron winning um, mm. director. Uh, again. And, and yes. And, and not winning best and picture, which is what happened last time. Again. And, ah. and this one coming in for picture. I don't know. I could yeah, see course. it happening. You're referring to Gravity, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, because he won Best Director uh -huh. for Gravity in 12 Years a Slave by Steve McQueen, who also has a film here, which maybe right. we should talk about won Best Picture. So there's a lot of like rematches, like Damien Chazelle is here, Barry Jenkins is and here. And I also have to say, I was really moved by First Man as well. Mm -hmm. I thought that uh, I love the fact that it told this intimate story of this hero that most of us don't know anything about other than, you know, one small step for man. And we don't really know who Neil Armstrong is. We don't really know what that space program, uh, you know, the toll that it took on those astronauts and the wives and the family. And I love the way he was able to mingle the kind of dom domestic life of the astronaut and the space life of the astronaut. I really was moved by that yeah. film. And Universal has been clever about how they're uh, presenting it to people here. They're busing people to an IMAX theater. And, you know, it's been a whole kind of big experience. So I think it's played very well here. Um, some, as well as it did in Venice, I think. Yeah, or, I mean, I feel like from Hell You're Right, I heard people who, like, liked it but found it, like, cerebral or remote and were kind of impressed by the technicality, but the reviews I'm seeing from here are people who are hit by the emotion, like you're talking about, I Krista. loved it. I cried at the end yeah. of it. I saw it in Tell You're Right, and I was really surprised that it snuck up on me, and I, I did. I, I was well, very moved. Yeah, David Ehrlich, the, the IndieWire critic, had a good tweet, which I read, unfortunately, before I went in, which <laughs> uh, which was, I felt nothing, and then I felt everything. Oh. And, and I feel feel like it is that kind of movie, except I was kind of waiting to feel everything, uh, maybe as a result of reading that, and then I was just sort of like, <laughs> okay, uh, you know, like, yeah. it's amazing, yeah. but I don't know that it quite hits with the emotional impact. It, it's actually, I mean, maybe take a pause to say it's shaping up to be kind of a great year with a lot mm. of really big movies yeah. that have a big impact. You know, ambitious movies that are and that are artistically movies. good mm -hmm. with studios backing them mm -hmm. that also hit emotionally. So that's good. But those three movies feel like they are seriously in contention for for best picture. First to me. Man, Roma, A Star. Yeah, movie. and I think all three of those directors will get nominated. I, I assume. I just think it's interesting. The three movies that we're that we're talking about so passionately is they all have this escapism to them. And I think what's so effective about A Star Is Born is even though it's in modern times, we as an audience are able to escape into that world, mm -hmm. into that music into that love story. And also with Roma, it's period piece 70, you know, 1970, 71 in Mexico. But it's it's transportive. And I think mm -hmm. that in the same thing with First Man. And I think that America right mm -hmm. now and audiences were so traumatized by the new cycle and what's happening in the world that I think that the response to these movies is just, it's everything that this business was created for. You're escaping into another yeah. world and you're feeling these yeah. feelings. And it's so, it's, it's comforting, but yet you know, inspiring as well. Movies yeah. about good people who suffer. Yeah. And know? accomplish things. Which right. is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. uh, whereas like movies like Beautiful Boy and Boy Erased, which are very, you are here, you know, present tense, mm -hmm. 
issue dramas have not played quite as well at the mm-hmm. festival. So I think you're, yeah. you're onto something there, Krista. But there's also a bunch of other studio movies here that are hitting. I feel like we should talk about Widows, which uh, <laughs> yeah. premiered to... Mike, you and I were there. I mean, people were gasping in unison in yes. this movie. And to say it has yeah. twists, it's written by Gillian Flynn. I don't think it's a surprise. We don't want to spoil anything. But it does feel like it played incredibly well, maybe more than I expected. Well, there's twists and twists and twists oh my and God. twists. Yeah. I mean, it's so fun. And so everyone's fun. in it, like literally every every great actor you love is in that movie. Carrie Coon shows up, and you're like, "All oh, right." Her. Yeah, you yeah, forget yeah. that you're yeah. waiting. Jackie to expect Weaver. Yeah, Jackie, Jackie Weaver with yeah. those two scenes, and then it's yeah. like, "All right, you're off." Yeah, yeah. that's enough. Two time Oscar nominee, get out of here. But, but, what if, but I think that movie doesn't happen if you don't have Viola Davis. Yeah. Oh I mean, my Viola God. Davis yeah. is at the center of it, and as I said to her when she came in, I was like, "I just want to see the prequel to How You Met Liam Neeson because it, I love the way McQueen opens on them just macking in bed. Oh like, yeah, it was kinda, real making out. It was going. so great. And you're like, "Wait, I wanted the prequel. Like, how did they meet? Yeah. Were they on their first day? Shame you know? too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the happier version. Uh, right. But uh, I uh, I thought that that whole movie is centered and revolves around Viola and the performances he gets from the cast all around Elizabeth Debicki and Michelle Rodriguez. Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, yeah. He's all amazing. Sophia Rivo, mm-hmm. Brian Tyree Henry, who is also in If You'll Creep Street Talk. He's having a great tiff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And also I think that something about Widows that will get it a lot of attention when it's released is that this is a big studio movie uh, led by a woman of color in her 50s, directed by a black man. Like, it's, it, it has this kind of uh, social urgency to it, mm-hmm. in addition to being in- incredibly entertaining, uh-huh. which I feel like is a one-two punch that is hard to beat. And that's something that Steve McQueen said introducing the film. He was like, "I want to make, I want there to be more movies that look like this, that look like the mm-hmm. people you see on this stage." Mm-hmm. And you know, they're all like beautiful movie stars, but like they do feel like they represent more of America than, say, The Departed, which I think is an interesting comparison yeah. to Widows. Like that movie was a great crime thriller that won Best Picture. I don't know that Widows, like Widows, is, should have just as much of a chance at the Oscars as Departed. But I do think people are saying, "Oh, it's fun," but like, is it heavy? enough to go all the way, which to me doesn't seem fair. Yeah, I mean, I think that they do some interesting sociology in the movie. There's a great shot of, um, it's a conversation in a car, but Mm -hmm. we don't see the the people talking. It's just the car driving from a poor section of Chicago, south side, where the movie's set, and just in a five-minute drive, end up at a mansion, yeah. and just to kind of show the disparate, you know, wealth and poverty stuff in in that city. So there's that movie has a message, I think, or messages plural. So I think that we shouldn't count it out of like. We should say that Oscar scene is Colin Farrell doing his right. like spoiled yeah. rich boy Chicago accent. What about, so great. Yeah. What about two words, everybody that we forgot? Robert Duvall. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Come on. Like, yeah. Every, we said everyone was yeah. in this cast. Yeah. And then you see, when you see Robert Duvall, is who I think also gives a tremendous, uh, you know, good good little performance. In yeah. There. Yeah. Everyone has their moment, which is yeah. which is nice. So one film we should talk about that isn't here but made a huge impact to Telluride for you guys was The Favorite. And uh, Venice. Yeah, and, and Olivia Venice. Coleman won Best Actress for yes, The Favorite. Yes, well, since we've been here, we were watching the headlines coming in yeah. from Venice. Um, yeah. I wish it was here. It feels like it would play really well. But it's going to play really well at the New York Film Festival yeah. in October. That, that's yes. a Lincoln Center movie. It's like, you know, Lux. Um, Sandy Powell did these incredible costumes. The production design is insane. And it has these three incredible performances at the center. Um, it's very I, theatrical, yeah. right? It's very it, theatrical. It feels like a New yeah. York theater crowd yeah. will and go it, for this. The director, Yorgos Lanthimos, who is this Greek guy who's kind of an indie darling, art house darling. This is still a weird movie, but it feels accessible in a way where you're like, yeah, that could be in the best picture hunt. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Lanthimos has a screenplay nomination for The Lobster, so yeah. he's not a stranger to the Academy. Oh, and neither is the cast. I mean, that's the thing that's yeah. so great. I mean, Rachel Weisz, who plays one of the, the three, 
right? If you have Olivia Coleman, uh, Emma Stone, and, and Rachel. So it'll be so nice for her because she just had a baby that she can actually go to the New York Film Festival where yeah. she's been a little bit absent mm -hmm. uh, in Venice and in Telluride. But I, I don't know what it says about me, but I didn't want it to end. Yeah. I love the candlelight. <laughs> I love the perverseness of it. I loved it taking that culture in, 17, in the 1700s and just like kind of imagining what that everyday life was like. I really, I loved every second of it. And Emma Stone is incredible. Olivia Coleman, obviously incredible. Rachel, incredible. I loved it all. And I think Nicholas Holt, I mean, he could maybe, if that movie... If that movie can steamroll, I think he yeah. could even get a nomination. Yeah. He was fabulous. And and, uh, and it, it was kind of fun to see a film, uh, even though it's a period piece knocked on its end, where the men are wearing more makeup than the women. <laughs> and they're, and they're yeah. the ones treated like, you know, yeah. with toys. And, toys, yeah. and right. they're all in yeah. wigs and lipstick. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I kind <laughs> of enjoyed that perverseness. But also, just I think when we're about to start getting, like, it's getting maybe a little tiring, the endless kind of crown Victoria approaches mm -hmm. to royals. This mm. is such a weird different one that I think is more kind of inventive uh, or, or not more inventive than anything else but is very inventive right um, and so I thought that was great I, I did notice that in Telluride some of the sort of West Coast folks were a little bit I think alienated yeah. by the whole thing you know yeah. which is why I do think yeah. for an East Coast crowd for a European crowd they're gonna get it I don't know I mean what do you think you're settle you're down I loved it <laughs> I'm, I'm representing the left coast yeah, yeah, yeah but that's know. my that question because like there were people from like San Diego and Orange County who are like Hmm. Can't speak Weird for movie. That. Yeah. Can't so speak. you think there'll be people from Kips Bay who do the same thing in New York? Uh, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I just I think it's original storytelling, fantastic acting, surprising. It's so great to see Emma Stone in a corset. That's one thing we've <laughs> yeah. never seen her do. She, she's amazing yeah. in the role. Um, I really I just loved it. I ate it up every second of and it. And movies like that set, you know, you know, in the you know, Palace Intrigue, they used to get nominated all the time. And that it's been a while, I feel like, since you know, we've had that kind of thing in the hunt for Best Picture. Uh, but this one is sort of contemporary enough that I think that mm -hmm. it, it can make it in, in the new Academy and all that stuff. I agree with you about uh, Yurgos. Is yeah. He has, he's been, he's not a stranger. People, this is his third film. People yeah. are into it. I think that uh, he had a really warm reception in, in Telluride. I could see him getting in there. So is there anyone who we haven't talked about that we think might figure into Best Director? We've talked about all these films. They tend to go hand in hand. Um, I do think that Barry Jenkins coming back for Moonlight with Beale Street Could Talk, like that's definitely worth a conversation. Uh, Chrissy, you had someone else? I just was going to say, I'm most curious to see if Ryan Coogler is going to get in. That's what I was going to yes. say the same yeah. thing. That's the question now is like, does Black Panther still matter at that level after yeah, I, to me it or, seems indisputable that it'll get a Best Picture nomination. I mean, maybe that's a crazy, yeah. They, and especially now that the Best they Popular could Oscar some thing is coming down, yeah, they create some sort of category. Yeah, yeah just yeah. just to give it to Black Panther, yeah. so that's over. But Disney had already said we are committed to having a Best Picture campaign. I yeah. think they're going to do it. There's no reason for it not to get in there. But Ryan Coogler is a great question of whether that carries him all the way there because he's like 30. He's so young. But Damien Chazelle was also really young when he won for La La Land, so there's no reason to count that. And also him. remember. Uh, the Ben that wasn't Ben Affleck. When <laughs> ben Zeitlin. <laughs> the, the famous Ben, you know, when during Argo period. I can't, uh, Queen, what was the movie called? Beast of the Southern Wild. Beast yeah. of the Southern yeah. Wild, right. Exactly. So is that one of the, you know, he was a kind of first time director in terms of the Academy and obviously Ryan Coogler had Fruitvale Station and uh, Creed. Creed yeah so he's he's not new at the table he's just young but I'll be really curious to see it'll be really exciting if he got in there I think it would be kind of a testament to the success and how actually hard it is to do those big budget 
multi yeah, that's complex the, films. That will will he be the first? Have, have there been other directors nominated for superhero movies? I, I do Not think for I a lot of Academy voters, it's it's going to seem like a new movie because I bet you a lot of them haven't seen it yet. They're going to be screening it for Academy members on a yeah. big screen. Like, you know, you're not yeah. necessarily going to be watching it on a screener. You may really get a chance to have that cinema experience. It'll be fun to see how mm-hmm. those folks react to the movie and, if, and how it stands up really mm-hmm. in competition to these more traditional kind of down the middle um, – well, like Star is Born. Yeah. Not to say down yeah. the middle, but like that's just a good old-fashioned Oscar movie. It's a more traditional crowd pleaser, whereas Black Panther is kind of a more modern crowd pleaser yeah. in that way. Yeah. I mean, we talk about like the Academy trying to bring diversity to its ranks. It doesn't look like there are really any women in competition for Best Director, which as ever is a shame. But you've got Stephen Queen, you've got Barry Jenkins, you've got Ryan Coogler, you've got Alfonso Cuaron, Yorgos Lanthimos from Greece. Like, the, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> then Bradley Cooper. But the, uh, Spike Lee. I still Spike Lee for Black Panther. That's true. Late. We haven't talked about that yet at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the potential to have not all white men in director lineup, yeah. which has happened you know, the vast majority of years is really high and really exciting. I think that was interesting that they didn't do Black Klansmen in a festival yeah. environment, that they chose to release it, um, you know, in all, mid, like mid-August. And I think people are going to be talking about that movie all the way through the fall uh, and into the holiday season. And I think Spike will probably figure in. I can't imagine he wouldn't figure in in part of the conversation. When you realize he's never gotten a Best Director nomination, it's kind of mind-boggling. So why, what better opportunity to make up for it? But it does feel like it had August to itself, but it, it's, it did well, but not so well that you everyone has to remember it. I, I worry about people moving on from it, but I think that's I think what campaign's do, for. I think it'll do really well. Well, uh, and I know everyone hates to to hear this, but I do think that's a film that will do really well with a screener. Yeah. That if you didn't catch it in August and, oh, I wasn't doing this, I was on vacation, the kids, whatever, oh, yeah, that came out, I really want to see it. And it has so much young talent in it Mm -hmm. uh, that I think that'll also help propel it. And and it's like Spike Lee at his best, you know, doing what he does. I mean, he just really, all of it comes together in this film. So I think that'll also help with momentum. I think Widows and Black Klansmen both have good things going for them, which is in the screener pile, like the proposition, the setup is so clear. Like the mm-hmm. premise is awesome. You know? Black Klansmen, like, that title. Yeah, really does like it. a black cop infiltrates a KKK, <laughs> yeah. a bunch of widows of bank robbers finish the last job. Yeah. Like those are, you're going to put those in. And then both of those movies actually grab hold and, mm-hmm. and don't let go the whole time. So they will, whereas Rome, I think, is going to require a lot of patience. Yeah. That's going to be tough to, to muster, you know, potentially when you're on your couch with, I always say this, Sunlight streaming in <laughs> yeah. from the uh, giant picture windows at your house. Don't forget, in Los a star Angeles. is born. That star is born. Like the, it, it is what it promises in the title. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess speaking of stars born, we can talk about best actress, which yeah. is always, I think, the most fun category. To well, talk it's about. a really insane category yeah. this year. I mean, I feel like I say that every year, but like genuinely, between you know. Uh, the whole you know traffic jam of the favorite trying to figure out who's running where is Coleman going to be lead is Stone and Vice going to go supporting, um, you know obviously Gaga making her grand debut I think she could win. I mean but it no. just seems like a given now that she'll be nominated. Oh right? yeah, For sure. I think so. And, and, a, and yeah. she could win. Yeah, it's yeah. it's I mean the degree of difficulty that Bradley Cooper you know had in directing this movie. Is, is quite high and and the fact that you know that could have gone either way and the fact that she is so awesome in it is, yeah. is and they have a such chemistry thing. and yeah. so I feel like voters are going to want to nominate both of them because they like that pair you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think the big question about best actress is 
will some of the smaller movies like um, the, the Wife with Glenn Close or something like that that came out uh, you know, in the summer, or Colette with Keira Knightley that's coming out this fall. Like, or Tony Colette in Hereditary. Or Tony Colette in Hereditary, like whether or not those can still linger in people's minds in the glare of yeah. Lady Gaga and whatever else. Well, I also think for me, when I saw Ben is Back, I was just like, Julia Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. And, you know, I mean, that's the thing about Julia. She isn't seen that often necessarily, and she's, it seems like she's kicked it into a different gear. She's doing the Amazon show Homecoming. Um, so she'll be in everyone's thoughts, you know, and mm-hmm. zeitgeist, whatever, and then you'll, you'll yeah. see, you'll be hearing about it. And then when you see her performance in Ben is Back as a mom dealing with, uh, you know, her son that, that shows up unexpectedly, it's really good and she got raves out of yeah anecdotally like at party conversations uh here in toronto everyone saw that movie and yeah. everyone loved her in it yeah. that i talked to so. except for me and you and well no i mean <laughs> I, like, yeah. everyone I mean, like real people who work in the you know yeah, in yeah. the industry you know both it's a tremendous stuff. performance yeah. and it reminds you it's like oh that's a movie star yeah. too wow She's a great actress, and I miss her because I haven't seen her, you yeah. know, in a bit. So I think it, uh, it'll it be curious to see, like you said, it's jam-packed. I mean, there's yeah. Nicole Kidman back. But the thing about Nicole to me, which you can never discount, is that she is a true artist, and she has a true artist soul, and actors and filmmakers so respond to that. And, you know, bravery and all these words are a little bit overused when, when you're talking about performances and things. But, you know... Uh, Nicole will do anything if it speaks to her, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we were thinking about it, and I brought up to her when she was, like, shaving Robert Downey and fur, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then she got peed on by Zac Efron in the yeah. Lee Daniels yeah. movie in Cannes. <laughs> and then she's not afraid to be, like, the mom and lion with a terrible wig. You know, she will do, and she brings everything to those performances. Mm-hmm. And you think of her in, in television, Big Little Lies. I mean, people were ready to give her the Oscar for that performance, the television <laughs> show. Right. And this year she's got two movies. So in, a, in in that flukish way, the way the Academy works, she could end up in Best Supporting for um, Boy Erased mm-hmm. and she could end up in Best Actress for Destroyer. Yeah. You think about you think about the fact that she got nominated for Lion, which is a lovely movie and she's, you know, she's really good in it, but she really just has the one big scene and that's the big scene that got her a nomination. Like that's yeah. proof of how powerful she is and how much the Academy pays attention when she does something. So and how good she is. Yeah, yeah. Because you, it, it may be one scene, but it informs the entire movie, yeah. you know? It's, uh, that's Nicole. So I haven't seen Roma, you guys have, but I understand the lead woman in Roma, who has never acted before, I believe, mm-hmm. is just stunning in this. Yelitsa Aparicio plays uh, the nanny character in Roma, mm-hmm. and it's really an extraordinary performance that anchors the whole film, and I think is something that we'll all be talking about, you know, hopefully right through to Oscar night. She's incredible. I mean, she was found in, a, in one of those, like, kind of cattle call casting uh, with uh, Alfonso. They were bringing him. He wanted someone from that village, very specific, that spoke that dialect. And boy, did he get her. I mean, she really is the uh, heart and soul of film. And I think everyone comes out of that movie just like, oh. And it's also based on the nanny that raised him. So there's a certain, there, you know, there's such significant ties to the director. But she's terrific. She doesn't speak English. She speaks a tiny bit of English. Uh, wasn't an actress. I think she was a school teacher in her village. And I think she's going to give everybody a run for their money. Yeah, I think I think it's an interesting conversation to be had because she's a first-time actress, right? Which kind of raises the question of, like, how how... <laughs> <laughs> How do you address do that in the question of of best actress? Like, is she? But how I think it has to be. And how much is yeah? How much is it the director mm-hmm. doing an amazing job of guiding her, and how yeah. much is it is it craft? 
um, does it even matter? You know, yeah. the folks at Netflix are like, it's on the screen. Like, look at the screen. Yeah, there's and this I think term that's fair. that people used to throw around. I think they're, they're kind of scared of it now, called like non-actor, which was always kind of like diminishing of people who weren't professional actors mm-hmm. or weren't. And it's like, well, if she's on screen and acting, she's an actress. You know, and so right. I feel like no matter what her the 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 dynamic was between her and Quran and you know whatever else. I mean, she. I think I know this exact scene you're referring to, Crystal. Like, there's a part where you're just like so there with her that I feel like if Roma has rides a, a big wave to a lot of nom- nominations, which I think it will, like she'll, she'll be part of that. Okay, so let's move on to Best Actor. I feel like we should start again with Bradley Cooper. A Star is Born is the guiding yeah. star of our conversation. So I'm going to just place a, I'm going to say it here on record, on video, I, he's going to win. I think there's absolutely no question. I'm right there with like you. He's, he's got it in the bag. He won it here. Um, it's done. That's <laughs> So All you gotta yeah. do is trust yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mike's impression is gonna yeah. be really so. I'll, I'll, I'll work on it between. Now He's and gonna then. do it on the green carpet for the VF Oscar party. Actually, <laughs> well, so Mike, you were at the premiere, which I feel like is such yeah. a good gauge of like how people respond to things like this. We were at the press screening where everyone fell in love with it. I mean, the premiere, people like were applauding midway through the movie. We were applauding before the movie. Bradley Cooper came <laughs> out and did like a two-minute riff on everybody that he brought out, and finally he said, "And here she is, and thank God she has her light and her." And she's, you know, she's full of light and creating art. Lady Gaga, everybody jumped out of their seats. <laughs> like, before that movie hadn't even started yet. Um, they, there was just electricity in the room and between them and emanating from both of them. They both said the movie changed their lives before the thing even started. Um, yeah, people were applauding for songs, kind of hoping that, like, they would hear us. It's like, is Gaga here? Can she hear us <laughs> applaud for this? Uh, and well, then there's for the applause. standing ovation at the end. I mean, I mean, this thing just like it just anyway. So yeah. I, I think that Bradley Cooper. So so who who's the big competition? I can't even. Well, it's all been blocked out of my mind now. I think the important thing about the Bradley Cooper why why I'm so confident in that is that like of all the things that Star Is Born could win an Oscar for, if it was only going to win one, with director, picture, actress, I feel like his performance is the easiest one to vote for in a way because it represents it, the broader yes. film that he's made. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and I feel like the Academy does that. And sometimes. he's been nominated so before. He's been nominated yeah. so many times, times yeah. yeah, multiple times. And so. I think has come close to winning for mm-hmm. a couple of them. So, um, yeah. But uh, running against him, uh, that gets trickier. I mean, it's it, it, there's Robert Redford for mm-hmm. Old Man right. Gun, which is supposedly his last film. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody say yeah. John C. Riley, but I mean, it's John C. Riley is great in Sisters Brothers. But yeah. it's it's about to me. It feels like about who else is going to get a nomination. And as right. Crystal said at the beginning, it's a long way between now and February. Anything can happen. People who you don't think will get nominated win sometimes. But mm-hmm. it does feel like there's Bradley Cooper in this locked position, and then who else might have their movie push them? In, in. Viggo Mortensen and Mahersha Ali have a film called Green Book that mm-hmm. premieres here. Hugh Jackman, um, the front runner, Hugh which Jackman we've talked about. Yeah, cannot Christian Bale. Well, yeah, yes. we well. should talk about. Um, it's actually I just read today it got retitled from Backseat to Vice, which I think is a much better title. The yeah. uh, the Dick Cheney Dick Adam McKay movie. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, Christian Bale playing uh, Dick Cheney. No one has seen it, so mm-hmm. we don't know. But that does feel like a big thing. Never looming bet against all, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't bet against Adam McKay. But yeah, it's all a bunch of no Brian one else. Brian Gosling, was, I think, would, would get oh, it yeah. for yeah. for um, First Man. And He's stuff. pretty like laconic in it, but like I think it, you know, that's the person that was Armstrong. So um, yeah, and I think that the Academy likes him. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about Best Supporting Actress. Uh, I did what Richard did and kind of planted my flag after coming out of seeing a Feel Street Could Talk last night because the applause for Regina King at the end of the mm-hmm. movie. And, you know, I had been watching her performance the entire time and thinking, like, wow, she's really, like, carrying it. She's the biggest star in the film. But then the audience just went crazy when her name came up. And, Krista, you were talking before we started that, like, Regina King is just, she's been working for so long, they have wanted to find a way to give her a statue. Like, I'm not sure I'm willing to predict a win at this point, but I think a nomination is really likely. No. Well, I think Regina is just, one, she's a 
phenomenal human being. Uh, she's beloved in the industry uh, by her peers, and she's also beloved, you know, outside and on, on the screen. And the thing about her is it's like small screen, big screen, whatever. She's completely translates. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember everyone was so shocked when she won an Emmy, and even she was shocked for um, that television show that I can't remember, it was with Timothy it's American Hutton. Crime. American yeah. Crime, right. Everyone was like, what? And she was like, me? And I was like, of course <laughs> you. You know, people love her. She does consistently good work. And then she won again the yeah. next year for it. So I think it would be just awesome for her yeah. uh, to uh, get recognized for that with a nomination. And I think, like you said, never, uh, you know, count out Adam McKay or Christian Bale. You can't count out Amy Adams. She's another one that's been, you know, nominated multiple times. It's the best supporting. And like you said, the traffic jam of the favorite. You could have Emma <laughs> Stone. Yeah. Well, you have a strong feeling about this. Well, so my thing is that I, and I've actually said this to Fox Searchlight executives. Mm. Uh, <laughs> is, He's being true to power. If they ran Olivia Coleman in supporting, she would absolutely win. Um, but I think that to honor the movie in a way, and and Coleman's win at Venice, I feel like they still will run her in lead, and mm. I I think she could she could do it. But but another thing about Regina King in in the supporting category is um, in Beale Street, there's one shot of. Her her character, it's not a spoiler, I don't think, arriving in Puerto Rico mm -hmm. with the sun and an airplane behind her. And I was like, that should win an Oscar. <laughs> her and whoever, you know, like Barry Jenkins and whoever like lit that. Um, she's just such a presence in that movie. She's and such a I think that um, you know, sometimes we talk about acting nominations being sort of emblematic of the broader film. Mm -hmm. And I think that Beale Street will get nominations elsewhere, but like she would be a nice kind of like stamp of you yeah. Know, of it's easy to single her out. Like yeah. the two leads, Kiki Lane and Safan James, are really good, but they're both relatively fresh faces. Yeah. You kind of they come as a pair. But Regina King, like she dominates the scenes that she's in. She's got a really funny scene early on, and then a really dramatic scene at the end, and then the arriving at the airport scene. It's and so it's yeah. kind of she kind of does it all. Yeah. Um, two others that spring to mind would be Elizabeth Debicki and um, Widows, and mm -hmm. Claire Foy and First Man. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I I don't know about I think Claire Foy. It's a challenging role because. At some level, it's the unglamorous. It's the it's the wife who's keeping the home fires burning, which is an important story, not always the most fascinating story. But she does have this great, you know, confrontation scene mm -hmm. with um, with Ryan Gosling. Not to give too much away, I think um, it's in the trailer. I, I haven't seen yeah, the movie, so I yeah. think I know what you're talking about. Right. So I mean, I think I feel like both of those could definitely play in. Is there anyone else from Widows She's that? So well, it's tough. Like Elizabeth Debicki, I do think is a standout in Widows because she yeah. has she she also has a really funny scene and then she's got dramatic stuff. She gets to yeah. do a range of things. I mean, Michelle Rodriguez is really tremendous in it too. Yeah. Cynthia Revo, I think she's wonderful. She's won a Tony, but her part is smaller. Her than arms the should win an Oscar. Oh, her running, her, 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 her running. sprint. Running. Yeah, she oh just looks amazing. Lord. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that's tough because there's so many people in it. But I think you might be right that Elizabeth Debicki is the person to single out from that. We should also talk to close-up supporting actress, the other main woman in Roma, who, uh, Chrissy, you have her name and you can pronounce oh, it yeah. flawlessly. Uh, so, no, she's uh, Marina Del Tavera is incredible. She's a Mexican actress. She's done a lot of theater in Mexico. Uh, and she plays Cuaron's mother, you know, in, in this uh, version of his life. And she is really, really good. I mean, it's, it's uh, she holds her own. It's like the with the kids and the with Yalizia and whatnot. I think it's kind of a two-hander I've noticed. They're both going around in the film festivals or kind of traveling as mm -hmm. like a troika of, of yes. Caron and his two right. leading ladies, yeah. basically. Uh, but well, in terms of screen time, I think Marina would definitely be supporting. Yeah, And I, she just has to do... There, there's a lot of emotion in that mm -hmm. character and a lot of sort of whipsawing between anger and sorrow mm -hmm. and, you know, joy and love and hate and the whole thing. I mean, she's got a lot to work with uh, for, for, you know, in a supporting yeah. role. Yeah, and I think that what's key is that, you know... Uh, 
the mother is going through a lot of stuff, and so that causes her to snap at at Cleo, the the, the nanny. Uh, and you could easily make her a sort of harridan or a villain yeah. or whatever, but she doesn't. You're still kind of with her sympath- you know, yes. sympathetically throughout to, to the end, and I think that's kind of key for um, Academy voters locking mm-hmm. in on a performance. Okay, and finally, supporting actor, which I think is a really fun category this year. There's just this interesting range of people in here from newcomers to veterans who have never been nominated. Uh, Richard, you have been betting hard on Timothy Chalamet uh, yeah. since you saw Beautiful Boy before the festival. I did, yeah. I think that um, the movie has been received, I would say, mixed here, but... Yeah. Um, but no one has said anything about Timothy Chalamet's performance as a you know a young man going through a really serious drug addiction while his father, played by Steve Carell, tries to help him uh, you know to no avail. Um, it's a really strong performance. I think he'd have a really good chance of winning. That said, coming out of uh, Venice and now you know Toronto, Sam Elliott from Star is Born. His star seems ascendant. Um, Not born. He's been around yeah, long enough. He's yeah, just yeah, yeah. He's just in he's a good just, spot. Yeah, his star is back or something. <laughs> um, Sam is back. Um, but yeah, so I think there's definitely a competition that's really emerged. Do you think that there's a risk of category fraud with Timothy Chalamet? I mean, the movie is yeah. the na- the title of the movie is about him. True, but like you know, they've done it before. They'll do it again. Right. Like, <laughs> you know. I, like you, I'm going to go on the record and say, and I think Richard E. Grant is going to win Best oh. Supporting Actor win. for um, Can You Ever Forgive Me? I think also Melissa McCarthy is probably going to get in there and the Best Actress as well. We didn't really talk about that because yeah. there's so much to talk yeah. about. <laughs> but I think he, in that way in which the Best Supporting Character kind of can pop up oddly in a you know, it always seems to be the most exciting sometimes in the race. I think I could easily see Richard E. Grant getting in there. Yeah, because he's playing kind of a, a puckster along with Melissa McCarthy's character, mm-hmm. and they're in on this scheme to defraud people. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's like kind of a, a caper, but, you know, Richard E. Grant's been acting forever. He's someone who hasn't been nominated before and, like, has, you know, you were talking to him at a party, I think, Krista. Yeah. And like, just, like, the stories you tell about him, you can imagine him schmoozing Academy voters for months yeah. and months. Oh, yeah. Well, and also he has the Mark Rylance effect, you know. I mean, he's been around for, you know, you know, he could be having that moment right now. He's been around for a very long time mm-hmm. and been with Nail and I. With Nail and I. Spice World. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He is just someone that is always so consistently good and a joy to be around. And I just think the chemistry he has with Melissa in this movie and, you know, the at the time period that he's playing um, in the mid not you know, in the early 90s, it's just a very, very powerful, important performance. Yeah. I was sitting behind him on a plane from... Montrose, Colorado, leaving Telluride to Houston or something, and a, a woman sitting next to him who was a producer struck up a conversation with him for the whole flight, and it looked like he kind of wanted to be working, but he engaged with her and talked to her from takeoff to landing, and I'm like, okay, if, he, if he's that good on a plane where no one really wants to talk to anybody, he can play a room beautifully. You would have jumped you know? out of the plane. <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah, yeah, so I feel like, yeah, I mean, Krista, you're probably uh, onto something there. Um, I'm still going to gun for Timmy, but... Damn. Yeah. Well, Timothy is a good schmoozer, too. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. yeah. He, nope. uh, what about the talent guys? I mean, is it all about the shoes? <laughs> well, are we so cynical? <laughs> yes. Oh, you, you, you haven't been listening to this podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> talent is just the uh, ticket entry ticket, and okay. then it's all uh, cynicism from there. Yeah. I wanted to ask about Colin Farrell and Widows. Who again? That oh, movie yeah. is just packed with people. Daniel Kaluuya, I think, is incredible, but like. Maybe a smaller part than Colin Farrell. I think he's wonderful in Widows. If that movie takes off, I can really see it carrying him with it. Uh, anybody else? You guys? Are I'm never at? angry at Colin Farrell. Oh. I, I always love seeing him in a movie. He's, he's one of my wonderful. favorite kind of actors just to watch on screen. His whole last like four or five years mm-hmm. has just been 
so great. Yeah. He, it's just nice to see him in the pocket in, mm-hmm. in the place that you wouldn't have necessarily expected when he came up as like a yeah. hot shot, somewhat kind of seemingly angry guy. They tried to make him, yeah, that sort of bad boy movie star. Yeah. And then it turns out he's just like a really thoughtful, interesting character actor. Right. Who really interesting directors want to work with, even if some his movies aren't like always big hits. Like your yeah. Planthamos has worked with him a couple times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now, now Steve, Steve McQueen. And I feel like Steve McQueen gives you the phone call. You're like, okay, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Did it start um, with In Bruges? Is that where this whole thing I think In Bruges was a starting he point. Won he, won, he won the Golden Globe. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. which was kind of a surprise. So I think that that could happen. He's never been nominated for it. I don't think yeah. so, which is great because In Bruges was such a big performance that it was a lead acting performance. It's a comedy. Yeah. The challenge is there. But yeah, I think I think he has a great shot for Widows. I think that movie's going to do well. It's such a crowd pleaser. It's dark. Yeah. It's R rated. But if you get enough people seeing it and that had a steam behind it, that could really go well. Yeah, he'll, I think speaking of bad boys who were movie stars in the early 2000s, uh, or, and still are movie stars, um, Russell Crowe in Boy Erased mm-hmm. could give everyone a run for their money mm-hmm. because, like you were talking about supporting actors having the one scene, yeah. he has this beautiful scene with Lucas mm-hmm. Hedges at the end of the film where he's, you know, all teary and, you know, tough dad kind of breaking down, but not overly dramatic. That's really powerful and really brings mm-hmm. the movie home. So I feel like, you know, and the, the Academy has liked him in the past, so I feel like he's got a good yeah. shot. You have to cry. That's one of the other rules. You got a schmooze, you got to cry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So that does it for our Toronto Film Festival edition of Little Gold Men. We'll be back next week with even more to discuss and with Joanna back joining us. In the meantime, you can find us all at VanityFair.com, which is also a spot where you can see the beautiful portraits we took of all the celebrities we met at Toronto, Chris's video interviews, the pieces that Richard and I wrote from the festival. There's a lot to catch up on. Uh, You can follow us at Little Gold Men. You know where to find the rest of us all on our own. This episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth. We'll talk to you next week.